Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, welcome to the Balance Podcast. If the sound quality in this intro isn't what it normally is, it's because I'm on holiday. And the family are asleep, and so I've had to tiptoe downstairs to do the intro. If you have young kids, you would appreciate that there's not lots of time to record podcast intros. Our guest today is the wonderful David Rhodes, better known as just Rhodes. I kept calling him Rhodes, and then afterwards got the fear that I should have called him David. As I say to Rhodes, all I've... Oh, David, sorry. All I've listened to is Pearl Jam, and so to listen to someone else... I almost felt like I was having an affair on Pearl Jam, but uh, it was wonderful to listen to music that wasn't Pearl Jam. And I've, I've listened to all of Rose's stuff and the Gill family have kept it spinning as well. Post interview. Uh, the latest stuff he's got out is uh, an EP called I'm not okay. Uh, I found it to be, I'll hyperlink uh, what I can. I found it to be more hopeful and optimistic uh, than perhaps you might realise. But in it, Rhodes is talking through some stuff that he went through. He talks In this interview, he talks about his mental health. Uh, he talks about the future. But again, again I felt, in, almost in spite of what he has gone through, I st- or maybe because of what he's gone through, I still found him to be uh, an optimist. I found him to be... I found him to be Really positive. I, I find it to be really likable for what it's worth. Uh, I know I find, I guess I find every guest likable, but gosh darn it, what's wrong with that? Um, so here he is, the, the, the wonderful Rhodes, and I'm super grateful to him for opening up, being candid. Uh, and it is important to always have that conversation. And as the title of the EP, I'm Not Okay, says, it's important to say to your mates when you're not okay. And I know that you know this, but it, it, it almost can't be said enough. Uh, so here he is, the, the wonderful David Rhodes, better known as Rhodes. Uh, and I've I've linked a few things in the episode, so I, I really hope you enjoy. And if you're like me and you only listen to the, <laughs> listen to the same thing over and over again, then uh, it would be nice to uh, open the, the palette. Uh, so here he is, Rhodes. I'm just going to put this on silent and not vibrate, because that is... Uh... A real pet peeve of mine, so apologies. Then. <laughs> it's, always me, it's always me that lets the side down there with the vibrating phone as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying that like I'm Mr. Popular. It's, it's like my mom, you know. Uh, thanks very much for your time. I'm, I'm really grateful. Um, oh, pleasure. Also, on a, on a purely selfish level, this is the first time I've listened to music that uh, hasn't been Pearl Jam or Lockdown, so thank you for that. <laughs> awesome. Nothing wrong with Pearl Jam, though. Oh, my God. I... I I can't get enough of them, but I, it's all I've listened to since I was about 12. So I need to, <laughs> I need to open my palate somewhat. Um, I mean, I just, I mean, I just found that I found the tracks, you know, and, I, and I'm, I'm often wrong, you know, uh, I, I might chat with a musician and what I say, the opposite might be true, but I, yeah. I just, I felt there was such a sense of, it's all I've had spinning. It's all I've had spinning. Um, but I felt there was a real, it to me it felt really uplifting and, and upbeat and it, and if there was if I had to, one word that really shone through it was it was hope. Um, I, I just wondered if you could uh, say a few words about about the process there. Yeah, sure. Oh, I like that you thought it was uplifting. I think like really it was kind of a therapeutic 
kind of retrospective look back on on the last few years um and like what led me to the place i'm in now um and i guess it was kind of my way of i mean hope is a real was a real kind of um it was a word that i wanted to have as kind of like the header on all of my notebooks and stuff there's a poem by emily bronte called hope and when i read that poem it was almost like a bit of an epiphany and i was going through this time where i was just extremely kind of doubtful of everything i was doing and kind of suffering a little bit just under the pressures of everything and you know having just released the first record and going through a bunch of things with my team and just changing things up a little bit and i read this poem and it was um it just had a bit of a profound effect on me and it was almost like personifying hope in a way and sort of leading you on you know hope is there kind of leading you on and kind of always kind of there but then kind of like dances away when you when you need it the most um (laughs) so true yeah so like and then I kind of changed my way of thinking I was like okay cool I'm I'm not gonna sort of like just try and keep writing these songs I want to write I want to try and like trace my retrace my footsteps a bit and just sort of think about all the good things I've got in life and how you know perhaps I'm trying to kind of escape something and I wasn't quite sure what I was trying to escape and then yeah, I just started writing some songs that had a bit more kind of like a bit more of a kind of like I would say like story to them, which was kind of like I wanted to start, okay, when did I meet my my partner? When what was I doing then? What was my life like then? How did that all start? Okay, what happened after that? Oh, we fell in love. Okay. What happened after that? I started doing music, started touring, started doing everything, kind of struggled with it a little bit if I if I'm honest with you and just maybe started sort of creating my own coping mechanisms um quite destructive coping mechanisms um found myself a little bit depressed and 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 extremely anxious about you know life and the world and then you know found myself in a position where I was trying to look forward and be positive and hopeful and okay, how am I going to change this? And I just kind of retraced my footsteps through that kind of process and just tried, I wanted to write an EP that was just kind of like, had a little bit of a narrative to it and a story and a kind of what led me to here, you know? So that was kind of my process. And it came, it all came together quite quickly. And I'd kind of written a whole bunch of songs for an album. And I just put those to one side and I was like no I want to write an e- I want to write an EP I want to write like a whole new bunch of songs that just is exactly what I'm feeling now exactly what I'm thinking about so yeah that was the process how, how hard is that because you know I understand that you musically after that first album you know after these huge shows musically it sounded like things were going to head in a certain direction and then as you say there Fair play to you. You've 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 pumped the brakes, and you've known in your hearts that that's not what you want to do. You actually want to do something that feels more authentic to you. But how? Because I, I can't even I can't begin to imagine what it must be like to be a musician. How tempting is it to continue down the road that you know is probably not right, but at least you could get it finished. How tempting mm. was it to continue that rather than make the tough but probably correct decision that that you made? The interesting thing about that is that I think in in doing what I did, I actually ended up creating the thing that everybody wanted. And I think what I learned was actually, if I'm ever in a position where I'm trying to please other people or do the thing that, do the thing that I feel other people want to hear, it's not going to work. And it wasn't working. Um, I don't think it was working anyway. And then when I did, this thing the reaction i got was oh great yeah this is what we've been wanting you to do this is these are the songs that we're going to be able to work with and use and this is brilliant this is perfect and i think it just sort of it 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 wasn't i guess at the time kind of i wasn't trying to rebel against doing something commercial or something 
that my label would expect of me to do or anything like that. I think I was just trying to artistically create something that I found fulfilling. But I, like I just said, I think in doing that, I ended up pleasing everybody because they hear the honesty and they hear the artists. And at the end of the day, they, they hear what they, they hear me and they hear what they like about me and they hear what they liked about me in the beginning and in the first place. And I think it was probably more my own doing trying to, I don't know, trying to aim for something that I thought was what people wanted to hear, but turns out maybe it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, I mean when, you know, when I say, when I say hope and, and uplifting, I, I, you know, I, I need to caveat that you, you can tell that you've gone through some stuff, you know, that it's, um, you've really bared your soul with these, with the, I mean, these, these tracks, I, 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 I can viscerally still feel them in, in the, the core, the core of my chest, you know, uh, wow. and I'm guessing that, that that's, that's the sort of thing that you've, you've gone through. Yeah. And wow. Thank you. I'm glad that the songs have connected with you in that way. Um, I mean, Pearl Jam will be furious. Yeah, they, they, they definitely will be, <laughs> but I, I guess we'll just have to break it to them gently. <laughs> I've been, um, I've been on faithful roads. <laughs> I'm so sorry <laughs> to Pearl Jam. But um, yeah, man, like I think it's, it's weird because I think like obviously there's a, there's a melancholy to the, to the song still. And I yeah. think of it, like with, with I'm Not Okay, I think on the surface it could be perceived to be this call for help or whatever, but it's, what I wanted to try and do with this was try and I wanted it to be a kind of unifying experience listening to this EP and listening to all the tracks. And I, I wanted it to kind of feel like, like no one is ever alone. I think that was the kind of underlying, one of the underlying feelings for me. It's like, you're not alone. I think it's like, you know, people, people go through stuff and you can always kind of, it's very easy to sort of like, become introvert and sort of start hiding things and covering them up and putting them to the, you know, to the back rooms of your mind. And I think actually people would only ever do that if they felt like they couldn't open up, couldn't talk to somebody, couldn't, couldn't speak about their feelings. And I I feel like a lot of people have been asking me recently. um, Oh, so are you fine now? Are you better now? How does it feel like to be healed of all of your woes? And it's like, I don't think I ever will be. I don't think anybody ever will be. I think the important message is just to know that it's okay to actually have those feelings and that there's always going to be someone there for you if you need help or to talk or anything. So I think that was kind of my, my, my feeling, my kind of message. May I ask when you, when, uh, you know, when, when one is, depressed goes through depression you know have those has those those personal battles with with mental health you you, there can be nothing there can be fewer things in life more lonely than that but and then that moment I'm saying this without choking on my own tears here but that moment when you realize that you're not alone and there are people there for you friends family people who want to help that's that I mean that's a real breakthrough moment what what was your own uh sorry for using the word journey but but you know what I mean what what was your uh, process like there so let's just just like specifically for this pro this the the process of making this little collection of songs the you know because obviously in life there's been experiences of mine with you know just from childhood really just going through things and then realizing that someone's there for you is it's always a very profound moment isn't it but like with this particular journey and 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 coming through this kind of darkness with the music and so I was kind of in the middle of making this this uh, this other thing with a producer in London. It just wasn't going well. It was it was a really dark period for me, and and kind of I was in the middle of like changing up my team and <clears throat> trying to get out of an old contract that was kind of weighing down heavy on me. And I was I was just in a really kind of like oh my god, like <laughs> how am I going to do this? Like this is this is insane. And it was just a really a really like anxious doubtful you know end of the world kind of feeling every day and 
I have um, I have been building relationships with a few sort of collaborators over the last couple of years in London and made some like amazing friends. And there was always um, my friend James Kenosha, who did my I did my first album with, and he's yeah. always been there. He's always been somebody who's helped, tried to help me, you know, by giving me time, by giving by giving me, a, you know, by being my friend and and always being there to help me try and like create if I need to. And then there was this other guy, Jack. Um, Jack Gourlay and I'd been working with him since 2016 and he'd kind of seen me going through this kind of really destructive process of like um, you know I, I guess I was kind of in a place where I was I was kind of working with the wrong people I was at the end of a, a campaign for an album which I guess in some ways didn't meet expectation very very high expectation even though the whole campaign in my eyes went really well, but it was, yeah. it was the expectation of the people around me that kind of left me feeling just worthless and doubtful. And I kind of, as, as well as all my other sort of pers- personal intertwined issues that I've had, and which has always been my kind of, you know, music's always been my escape for those things. But like, so I was sitting there and just in a, in a, yeah, in a dark place, my phone rings and it's Jack Gourlay. And he's just like, you know, what the hell are you doing, man? Like, what's the time? It's two in the afternoon. Get out of bed. Why, what, 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 what? Wait, wait. I'm not letting you mess this up. I'm not letting you mess this up. I've, you know, in, half of him was like, I've put too much time and effort into this. And half of him was like, you're great. Come on, you can do this. What's James Kenosha's number? So I gave him James Kenosha's number. And then he calls me back an hour later and he's like, I'm scooping you up. We're going to Leeds. We're going to do a week in the studio and you're just going to let this out. And I was just like, oh my God, like these, this guy who's been my friend for like, you know, a couple of years who I've kind of probably messed around a little bit just with my, my own ways. Believes in me so much that he's just going to come and pick me up, drive me to Leeds and spend a week in the studio, giving me his time and energy and love. And it just, that experience kind of made me open my eyes up to the whole world around me when I'd been sitting in kind of this, you know, metaphorically speaking, a dark room for a very long time. And it just made me realize that I do have love around me and people care. And um, the first thing we wrote was um, the song, This Shouldn't Work. And I just, I came up with the line, um, I never knew I had love, now I know. And I don't know, it was just like a profound moment. It was like, shit, like people care, people do care. And <clears throat> I, and then I wrote this, this, the whole song kind of was written about the very beginning of my relationship with my partner, Natalia, and how back then, you know, six years ago, I have a long seven years ago, I was in a similar place, just destructive. And then I met her and I was like, she's not gonna want me. But then we did fall in love. And so I wrote the song kind of about that, like the exact moment that I realized it. It was at a party and we were together. And I think we, we, you know, we had our first kiss or something like that. And I just started writing the song about that. Just that moment when you find love and that you've, that you realise that you are loved. I mean, so something that you say there about the, about the pressure, just it, it seems to me from, from my vantage point that this past couple of years, more artists are speaking out about the, the, the brutal nature of the music industry. And perhaps in the past, these guys have been silenced, but it does feel like there's something empowering there when these musicians come out and say, this, there's a lot of pressure here, this, this is tough. Um, can you give a bit of in, insight there? Because it it, it sounds it, obviously the music industry sounds like the sort of thing that we all want to be a part of, but the reality is is probably markedly different. Yeah, it's definitely getting a lot better. Um, people are speaking out about it a lot more, and people are becoming a lot more aware of um, <clears throat> of the issues. And I think a lot of the time, you know, with artists and people who create they're fragile people they're people who are often quite insecure 
underneath the surface, you know, whatever mask they choose to wear when they're in the, in the public domain can often be very, very different to the way they're feeling inside. And not only that, I feel like there's quite a severe disconnect between the industry itself and the artists and the people who are creating the product, because that's what it is. It's a product. Um, and so there often, there often isn't, there often isn't that kind of awareness that the, the people who are actually creating are, are suffering. Um, not a lot of people understand the creative process and not a lot of people understand what it takes to, to come up with these songs, you know? Um, and I think that's, that's where the disconnect lies. It's like, if there was a little bit more awareness about how, about, you know, about that. And I actually have a friend who's, who's um, been starting this initiative and it's solely focusing on um, making sure that the creatives are looked after, you know, and, and making sure that when pe- young people enter into the music industry, that they're aware of the dangers it can have to your mental health. And also making sure that there's an infrastructure there ready and available for people to have someone to talk to. And I think my friend, my friend, Jack Williamson, who's doing, who's starting this thing. It's incredible. Yeah. I haven't spoken to him about it for a while. I think just because we've obviously been in in lockdown and stuff like that. I haven't seen him since we've been allowed to like hang out again. Um, But the last time I spoke to him, he was talking about putting some like, you, you know, putting mandatory clauses in contracts, which state that there must be a certain level of, care given to creatives and i think that is it's it's so blindingly obvious when you think about it but it's but it's um it's only just being spoken about now and then you know not not only that there's the um there's obviously the you know just the the sheer workload and you know i haven't experienced anything in a long time because we haven't been taught i haven't been touring for since 2018 was my last tour and that was relatively relaxed. It was in Asia. So we did, we, every single show had a day in between and like we, we made sure we had enough time to like see the cities and it was really beautiful. But normally, you know, you're doing so much and it's exhausting. And I think, you know, just one of, one of the things I found like really heartbreaking was watching that um, Avicii documentary. And I think, to get a kind of grasp on what people are talking about. And obviously I'm, I haven't experienced anything on that kind of level yet, hopefully, but like, you know, that workload is, it, it's, it breaks you, it breaks you. And I think with, with, with that documentary, you can really get an insight into that. And I think it's, it's a really powerful, um, it's a really powerful, powerful film. It's the, uh, the one about his, um, I can't remember what tour it was, but yeah, the Avicii thing. I remember watching that and just, just sort of going, Oh my God, like this, this people are going to start talking about this now. Cause it's not, it's just been one of those sort of, you know, we all write about it and sing about it, but it's an issue that affects everybody, not just the performers. I mean, I saw that, I saw that uh, documentary, is it 20 feet from stardom about the, the backing singers and, and how some of those guys, uh, were 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 basically uh, they were just chewed up and spat out. You know, their their vocals were essentially stolen and repackaged under as other artists. Yeah, uh, I mean the, the the music industry can it can be uh, it can be unforgiving, can't it? Yeah, I haven't actually seen that that documentary, but I've heard about it. Um, it can be unforgiving. Yeah, I mean, there's so many great things about it. There's so many great great things about the industry but i think just like like in most things there's just a long way to go it feels and i think with that kind of stuff um yeah i guess to a certain extent that kind of thing does still go on and there's always these kind of you know we call them gray areas that's kind of what we call them you know with that kind of thing where someone does a backing vocal and then they use that for the lead vocal, but no one gets credited. And I, I was reading, do you know what? This is, this is really bad, but I can't remember the name of the artist, but there was a, um, a singer who did a blog post. She was saying about how she's like, if you heard her voice, you'd know her voice because she is 
the the voice behind like countless number one number ones and top ten singles. Incredible. But for some but for some reason she's not being given an opportunity to voice her her you know herself as an artist and I I kind of found that quite fascinating. And that is a, that's just I guess that's kind of on the same theme as the you know the twenty feet from stardom thing. But um, yeah yeah it just you know it can really you only have to watch like the X Factor or something, don't you, to realise how easy it is to squash someone's hopes and dreams in a, in a couple of minutes. So what, where, where is the Avicii documentary? Is that, is that on Netflix or is that uh, one to buy? I think I watched it on Amazon. Amazon? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I watched it on Amazon. Um, I can't remember if it was part of Amazon Prime. Thank you. But, um, yeah, definitely. It's, 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 super, it's super moving. It's, it's super sad but i'd say it was it was one of those that you you should definitely watch i mean i, I don't want to I, I i don't really want to pick out a single track but let's say say with every turn but i suppose i suppose i'm asking generally are you one of these people where creativity just falls off you so i know some people they can literally they can go for a walk in a park pen and a notepad and it's just falling off them whereas i know some people again literally have to close the door. I'm not allowed out for eight hours. I've got to sit and I've got to write. Um, yeah. what, what's your creative process? Oh, it's, it changes all the time. I think <clears throat> mostly I, I, I do find it quite difficult. I've got loads of things going around my mind the whole time. And I think I've always found just, you know, concentrations like so hard for me. There's always Mate, so, um, so, so, so easily distracted and, you know, just, it's, it's just, it's just been something that's plagued me for my whole life. And I think, so what I, what I need is time. What I need is time and space. And I think one of the things I do love to do is, is go away and close the door and just try and just immerse myself in that creative process. But, the, but then again, sometimes I'll be walking in the woods and a line, a line will come to me and I'll write a song in an hour. Are you serious? But most of the time, it's a lot long. Yeah, I, I've done it like a few times. Yeah, Roads, few times. mate. But it's it's very rare. It's very rare. But I I, I always love those ones because it's like, oh my god, I've just written a song really quickly. That's really cool. I I can do it. But <laughs> no, like every turn, I um I wrote that with my mate Rich Cooper, who's amazing. He's an amazing um producer, songwriter, everything. He does like he did the Billy Martin records. He did the Mystery Jets and just a really, really brilliant writer and producer. And I had that line, the first opening line, I, I was working in a store and folding t-shirts for alcohol money. And I, I just, and that's all I had. And I just went into the studio and I've got, I was like, I think I've got a killer opening line for a song. And I want to write it about when I worked in retail and how much of a mess I was there, I reckon back then. And he was like, awesome. And then he happened to have this chord progression. And what was really cool about that was that he just sat there playing the chords and I just sat there just zoning out to him playing these chords on loop and just wrote a bunch of stuff down about that period of my life. And then I just sort of picked out the most musical sounding lines and yeah, just started humming stuff. And I mean, that song took about a day and a half to write. And I think what I do love to do is is come up with the basic framework and then, and then make a little voice note, come back the next day and chat about, you know, with the producer or whoever I'm working with and just chat about, you know, how you feel the next day. Sleeping on something is always a good, a good way of getting some perspective. How about, how about, uh, the, I promise I won't do this for every song you've ever done. <laughs> Can you imagine? It's at 11 o'clock at night. But say uh, this, this shouldn't work. What, what was the process with that one? It's a similar a similar thing. I I, I watched um, this. Uh, what's it called? The Defiant Ones. Um, the documentary about um, yeah Jimmy Iovine and and Dr J and uh, it's just yeah it's so good, so inspiring. And um, I just I, I guess I was quite inspired by just some of the instrumentation that I was seeing on on that documentary, in particular like the eight hundred eights and stuff that. Obviously, in early hip hop, that was the drum machine that they created a lot of the the beat song. So I had this um, like Roland, who make the the eight hundred eight. 
did all these like reproductions in like little tiny versions of like an 808. So I bought one of those and I just sat in my flat, like messing around with this little 808 drum machine and came up with a beat. And then I just started playing like a Wurlitz, uh, like an electric keyboard, electric piano part over this beat. And it was just like really hypnotic and and, like, I was really mesmerized by it. And um, I started just humming stuff. Um, And I had this voice note on my phone of just all of this uh, sort of like humming over, just, you know, humming top lines and melodies over this um, little beat. And um, within that, there was a couple of lines and a couple of things that um, there was something about the Spinto band and being at this party and listening to the Spinto band. And then obviously with that whole experience where James and Jack came to pick me up and take me to the studio, we wrote the chorus and I was like, Oh, I think I've got this like amazing, like verse idea. So we, I showed them that and they were like, Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's cool. That's the verse. And so we just kind of like used those two elements and put them together. And, you know, the, the whole idea of, I never knew I had love. Now I know. And then sort of thinking back to that whole, like being at a party with Natalia, listening to the Spinto band, maybe having our first kiss. And I just thought, that's cool. I like that. Let's, 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 let's weave those, let's weave those two things in together. And like, that's, that's to me, that's, that's kind of fate. Sometimes in songwriting, it's like, I saw, um, yeah, I think like I've got all these like voice notes on my phone and it's just like, sometimes I'll just be on my way to the studio or like stuck for an idea and I'll just listen through a, a whole bunch of things and it normally sparks something. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Have, have, have you ever had that where... You've you've banged out a song, and and perhaps not realised just how special it is until after you've you've uh, laid the track down. I feel it's really hard for me to sort of like think that something I've done. I find it really hard to like. I, I suppose what, I, so, so like with the like with the Beatles, there's a there's a song called Hey Bulldog, which I I just I it might be my favourite ever Beatles track, but yet I know for some people. It feels like a bit of fun that they knocked out. Um, yeah, and I, I guess it, I guess it's in the eye of the beholder sometimes as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It totally is. I think that's that's very true. Um, but yeah, I, I guess like in lacking maybe a little bit of maybe self confidence and all that kind of stuff, I I find it hard to like really be excited about something I've created. I have to kind of like so I have to kind of make it finish it and then once it's done you know I have to kind of rely on other people to to read other people's enthusiasm for it before I I can begin to form my my own opinion um but I think with with something like say we were just talking about every turn yes I think sometimes when sometimes you write a song and when I wrote that one like I'm not a very good judge of how commercial something is or how 
other people will perceive it. But it's like, I remember listening to that and just crying because I just knew that I'd written something extremely like meaningful to me and it evoked lots of memories in me. And I just, I don't know, when I listen to that song, it just takes me right back to working at American Apparel, folding t-shirts, not knowing what the hell I'm going to do with my life. You know, just being like a hopeless kind of Camdenite, you know, whatever. <laughs> Scum, scumbag. <laughs> I mean, did you, did, did you always know, did you always have a core belief that you would, you would make it as a musician or, or are you still surprised every day? Um, the, re- the reason I asked that, I remember uh, Parkinson asked it to Michael Kane and, and Kane, you know, obviously from, a, you know, he, you know, he worked in a, I think it was a fish market when he was younger. And so you might think that he, you know, he would never have dreamed of being a star, but he, he said he, he always knew in this, he had this, this core belief that things would, would, would be okay. Um, is that something you can relate to or not at all? Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> I definitely think I've always had that core belief that everything's going to be okay. And, you know, even through like those kind of hard conversations with my old man and stuff. And I remember driving in the car and he's like, you know, I think it's time you started taking life a bit more seriously kind of thing. But to me, music was always going to be the way. Like yeah. there's ever since, you know, as early as I can remember, and I was always, I remember being like a young kid and, you know, sitting, I was sitting around the dinner table with my, my mate's family. And they're like, and his sister was older than us and she just got a job as a journalist. And we were talking about like her job and all this kind of stuff. And someone just asked me, oh, what, what do you want to be when you, when you grow up? And I was like, I just want to be a musician. I want to, I want to, I wanted to be a guitar God. That was what I wanted to be when I was a, a kid. Yeah. And and they were like, oh, yeah, but what, what do you want to do as a job? And I just remember being really confused by that because I was like, I just told you, like, what, what, do, you mean? what, yeah, what yeah. do you mean? But I think like, yeah, <clears throat> I think recently with the pandemic and everything that's been happening in, in the world and everything's been kind of paused in a way. I guess I've been sort of having like a lot of my kind of current sort of anxieties are based around like, Oh my God, what's happening? What's going to happen with, with the music industry? Like what's going to happen with the live music industry in particular? Because, you know, I'm very close with one of the top promoters in the UK. Um, it's a company called DHP and just kind of seeing what they're going through and how, how they're like, how are they going to deal with, with this? Cause nobody really knows when things, well, if things will get back to kind of, normal with that and so part of my brain has been going into this kind of horrible sort of like anxiety about like what would I do if I didn't have this like what job would I do like that's that's quite scary for me because it's just never been it's never been a realistic thing that I've ever ever thought about because to me music's always was always going to be my path you know I've read about when you were younger you had this uh this fear of performing in public and obviously it's safe to say that you've, you've overcome that fear. I, I, I'd love to know what, uh, what things have you put in place? What, what steps have you taken uh, to give yourself that armor? If you like that, that performer's armor was, were there any, um, has there been therapy, yoga, <clears throat> self-help, anything like that? Any, any, has there been a, a, a process, I guess, to get where you are now? Um, yeah, so it was, it was weird with me because it wasn't it wasn't even performing; it was it was singing. So it was just that was the aspect of it that I was that 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 I was just had it was a phobia. Yeah, it was a phobia. Um, <clears throat> so like performance, I I I mean I love I love being on stage. I've I've been playing in bands since since I was a kid, and you know I think one of the one of the things that I I never actually had any kind of training or, or or any therapy to try and overcome this I think it was just sheer <clears throat> kind of determination to overcome it and I think I got to a point where I was at a place in my life where I was kind of playing you know working in a store and spending all my all my wages in one weekend and then <laughs> 
folding folding t-shirts for the rest of the month with a running tab at my corner shop and <clears throat> i got to a point where i was like i know i can do this i know that i can sing i i must i must find a way otherwise i'm just going to be in this place for the rest of my life and i think it was almost like kind of i was almost kind of giving myself like shock therapy or something it was like you can you, you can like live like this for the rest of your life if you want but like if you do this if you can just find the courage then things can change for you and i just had to jump in i just had to jump in the deep end i just had to do it and the first time i got on stage to sing was at a family thing a family event and my stepmother actually uh she she um she actually asked me to sing a song with my dad because me and my dad have always jammed together and stuff he plays guitar and she she was like would you sing a song with your dad and i was like no i'm not singing a song no way i'm not i'm not going to sing i'll play guitar but i'm not singing and she was like it would mean so much to him and for some reason that that kind of really hit me and i was like i haven't i don't feel like i've made my dad proud yet i don't feel like i've really done much in life to really make him proud so i just that was enough for me to kind of pluck up the courage to get up there and and sing i we sung ain't no sunshine and crossroads the cream version of crossroads amazing and um uh, it was like a family my dad put on like a little festival in his friend's garden in their in their town where they live and there was maybe like 30 people there and they all made us sing the songs again they they made me sing the songs twice because they enjoyed it so much and i was just like oh my god i'm just like playing to like my dad's friends in 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 his friend's garden but my sister was there and my housemates were there and a couple of other friends and they were like you need to do this you need to like sing and after that like my dad was like my dad like cried and he bought me a microphone the following week and like an interface for my laptop and he was like here's your here's your microphone here's your interface go and sing write songs you need to do this and um i don't know like after that i was just like i kind of had the courage to start and it took me a long time to get up and do a real a real show and like in london and in front of people and even when even when i did that i like tripped up when i walked on stage forgot the words to my songs had to start a song again you know but i thought like okay i'm just going to throw myself in at the deep end here and like this is what i want to do i'm going to do it so it was just kind of like yeah i just had to do it for myself i i, I didn't i didn't get any help from from anybody i think i mean that that's absolutely extraordinary i mean um you know, all bit, I mean, I'm an, I'm an optimist. You know, I'm <laughs> hoping that the vaccine will be October. Maybe, you know, uh, live gigs are back 2021. I, mean, at least I know yeah. it's very, very, this is me being super optimistic. Uh, but what, what do you have? Uh, what's the plan for, for 2021? Um, you know, you say you've not done a tour since uh, 2018. Is, is, is that yeah. the plan to return, return to live as soon as possible? it's such a big part of what I do and it's such a, it's such a big thing in my own, in my personal sort of like, you know, plan because it's, I think that's what I'm best at is getting on stage and performing. So it's, it's something that's like kind of that. I think that's why it's filled me with such anxiety. It's like, Oh God, I can't do the thing that I really am really good at doing. Sure. Um, and, um, so yeah, like as soon as possible, like we didn't, I feel fortunate because we didn't actually announce any shows for this EP, but we did have some planned and we had some pencils, which we've had to postpone. Um, but as soon as we can, like we're going to, we're going to find a way of, of doing something, doing some live stuff, but there's definitely going to be more music this year, more music to come. Um, I think it's important to keep, just keep releasing stuff and just keep, keep the momentum going now now the ep's out and that that was a big moment because i hadn't released anything in such a long time and you know since 2017 i think i put out a song sleep as a yeah. rose and i think you know it was really important for me to like get music out and i think i need to keep doing that and not try and rely on waiting for the live 
industry to pick back up. I think it's, you know, we'll, we'll just have to find creative ways of staying, staying relevant now and just like, and, until we know what's going on. But 2021, you know, I'm hoping there'll be an album and, you know, there's definitely an album written, there's an album there. Um, but, you know, just, just in terms of like waiting for the right moment and make, making sure everything's like all in place and good to go is, is quite important to me as well. So I think it's just a case of like, you know, taking, taking small steps at the moment. I, I'm, I'm, I'm 42. I shouldn't be using words like drop, but I, I do know <laughs> that uh, it's quite a modern phenomenon for a, an artist. Just to, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say it just to, to drop a, a couple of them saying drop a track. At, I'm, I'm not comfortable drop with a it. Track? But, you know, uh, apropos of nothing, they do it for, you know, from nowhere, visit the website, new track. Would you be doing that sort of stuff through the rest of 2020? Um, I don't know. I find it hard to imagine doing that because I don't think there's enough people that would care. But um, now stop. I think I think to me, like. Yeah, who knows? Maybe I think I think the the, the next few singles or, or whatever, the next single. I'm not sure if that will be part of like a wider, bigger picture or whether I'll do another EP or whether we need to keep building momentum up. I think what I really, really want to do is to keep growing, you know? So I want more people to hear. I think what's been really beautiful about the last few weeks and couple of months and me releasing this EP was re-engaging with my fans that were kind of, that were there on the first record so all, all of those people that were were there i i realized are still there do you know what i mean like and that was quite powerful to me just kind of like oh my god like these i, I was just doing some promo and you know talking to people that i that i did did an interview with or made a video with like back in 2016 2015 and just going wow like where's that time gone um but just knowing that everyone's still there is just it's really lovely so I think now I want to just grow and, and build it and just keep keep growing the momentum. Got a few exciting things still to come, like live sessions. I did just announced a live session I did today with an artist called Leah, who's a German artist. She's a, she sings in German as well. So <clears throat> it was quite fun doing that with her. She's massive there. She's on a, I didn't quite realize how popular she is in Germany. She's a pop, bona fide pop star. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, she's on like this, um, show called sing mine song and it's like you know this huge show in germany and i did a couple of sessions with her there where we kind of translated a a a verse of her song into english and then i translated a verse of my song into german and it's just quite cool it's just like a a really cool yeah it was so much fun so i've got that coming and i've got a couple of other little live sessions and stuff like that and then we'll move into um yeah i'm sure into another single and all that all that kind of stuff so yeah now i know you've 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 been stupendously generous with your time so i i apologize for doing the colombo thing of uh still asking questions um no it's go for it may may i ask i know some some creatives have, have struggled to be creative during lockdown the the anxiety is has, has been too much. You know, the, the, there's that lovely idea of getting up early and you know writing that new track or that screenplay or what have you. But the reality ends up being being different. Have you been able to be creative on uh, on lockdown? I've, I think I've I have found it quite hard in some ways. Um, <clears throat> and we've got a little baby here as well. We've got a little three year old boy who. Um, obviously makes it a little trickier to sort of zone out and start recording new songs. Um, but <laughs> <Yeah>. with, um, <clears throat> just, just but, crying while I write this new song. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know what, that's been awful because there has been stuff to do. I've had things to do and that guilt of like, Oh, I can't, you know, I should be using this time to spend time with you know, my family and stuff, which I have been doing. I have been doing that a lot and it's been beautiful. But um, no, we did, um, so we did like a load of covers and stuff like that, which was a nice way of staying creative and being, you know, feeling like you're doing something, feeling like you're, because we, we did a cover every day for 40 days. And that was such hard work, but it was like, we're, we're being creative. We're giving something to the people who want to hear it. And there was a lot of people who wanted to hear it, which was lovely. 
um you know taylor swift retweeted one of the ones that right, yeah. we did of her and it was just like it was really fulfilling uh, and i think it kind of took the pressure off feeling like i should be writing because i think there was all of that wasn't there like um if you don't, if you if you haven't learned a new skill by oh, the end of God. this and all that kind of stuff, it's so weird. It's such a weird yeah. way of looking. It's like, well, hang on a minute. Why can't we just, you know, we're being given actually the gift of time right now. We can just chill out for a minute. Um, but there were moments where, yeah, the anxiety was just like, whoa, this is so terrifying. And there was like one or two moments where I was like, really like, oh my God, this is actually like so scary. But then obviously... You know, I didn't feel like that the whole time. But um, no, I, I did a bit of writing, did a bit of like remote writing stuff for like just with friends and things like that. And then when when we were allowed to go and sit in parks and things, when that when that was announced, I went and met, met my friend Max, who's an amazing songwriter, Max Wolfgang. We went and sat on Hampstead Heath, either end of a two meter blanket with a guitar and wrote a song in the park. That was lovely. Um, but I haven't haven't been putting too much pressure on myself. I'll tell you what, I've, I've, um, we've a two and a five-year-old. I mean, uh, I think parenthood, not, not, I don't think enough men talk about the positives of parenthood. They love to tell you, they love to scare each other about, oh, you'll let us sleep and yeah. your life. <laughs> but I feel, I feel the opposite. I feel like it was the start of my life. I mean, it, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know what your experience has been. I, think, I, I just think it's been uh, joyous. Yeah, like just a an absolute blessing like it's 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 really really wonderful and, and to be honest I'm the biggest child in this house anyway so <laughs> um it's just like louis is his name and he's um he's just never really given us any problems you know we've been super yeah. lucky like i think like a lot of the time you know you, i've got a friend who who has a child and He's one of those guys that would go around yeah. sort of scare, scaremongering. And I always thought like that was a bit weird because everyone has their own experience. And I think, yeah, it does change things. But like, like you just said, it's like, God, it changed, changes things by far for the better. If you, if you can allow this precious little thing to come into your world and, and be a part of your thing and, not, and try not to like, you know, it doesn't have to be the other way around. Um, that was the kind of philosophy that we've been living by. It's like, you know, we, you know, we can include him in everything we do. We can take him wherever we go. And, you know, we can do still do all those things and he can be a part of it. It's not, it's not like life has to has to stop or anything. Um, so yeah, it's been awesome. I, I, want to, I know he's in the news for very different reasons at the moment, but I, I remember watching an interview with Johnny Depp years and years and years ago. And he, he he likened fatherhood to having a, a veil removed from his from his eyes, and, and he, he had that moment of, oh right, this this is what it's all about. And that, <laughs> I to, I totally relate to that. Did did you have a similar experience? <clears throat> That's really cool. That's really really cool. Um, yes, I think I think I did. I think I definitely definitely did. It's just a very profound feeling isn't it i think it, what what what's been really what's been really weird recently is that i've been having all of these mixed emotions of stuff going on and all of these things in the news and you know obviously coming out of you know a four year kind of not releasing anything and all that kind of stuff and sometimes i just find it really hard to know what to feel i end up feeling nothing and just feeling very numb and sometimes I just look, stare at Louis. I just look at him. And then gradually the feelings come back. And it's so profound. It's just That's like, amazing. oh, wow. Like, this is, just, this is just, like, so cool. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, that is really cool, that Johnny Depp thing. That's, that's cool. Well, what, what you've just said there is, is just as cool. That will really stay with me, that. That's what a fantastic idea that is just to and then you, all those feelings of love will just you know emanate throughout every fiber of your being i guess yeah yeah and it's, it's always like when he's like watching cartoons or something and he's perfectly still yes. and i can just see like this beautiful side profile of him and i'm just just looking at him and it's just like okay yeah 
now I remember what it feels like to to feel stuff. <laughs> so good. But just, just last question before we go. Uh, may I ask? What it's a question I often forget to ask. What, what do you do? What do you do for balance? What do you do uh, to maybe keep keep the muse happy? Maybe away from music. Um, yeah. Um, aside from spending time with, you know, family, um, travel, traveling, um, and walking, walking is, is, I find just so therapeutic, um, time to think, you know, um, it doesn't have to be alone for me either. I can, you know, I love walking We Natalia and I, we go, we, you know, we've been very fortunate in, in being able to travel around, um, and her family live in Spain and walking is just something that I don't know. It, 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 it brings balance, but it also just gives you headspace clarity. Um, so, you know, there's, a, there's a mountain in Spain called the Mongo and it's, I think it's like 800 meters above sea level or something like that. It's not like crazy, but it's still tough to climb and walk. And on New Year's, on New Year's, uh, on New Year's Day, I th- yeah, New Year's Day th- uh, this year, we climbed it, and with the with this kind of um, with this kind of like intention of like leaving our troubles at the top of the mountain. Yeah, and um, I don't know. It's just like yeah, just like walking and just like setting yourselves out. You know climbing a mountain how big or small this isn't a big thing but it's like it took us a day all day um that's like a it's just something so detached and separate from anything else i do and it's it's an achievement and it's just like okay i'm gonna set out to do this today i'm gonna go and do it bye (laughs) and you do it and it's just like completely and utterly separate to anything else that i do don't have to think about anything else you go to the top of the thing and you just leave your troubles there and i think that's like something that we've cut that's kind of stayed with us and spending a little spending a lot of time in like the lakes and spending a lot of time in you know going up to scotland and just being in 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 the wilderness and just walking and you know trying to not this is going to sound really weird but like not being at one with nature but like just being somewhere peaceful is something that i find very therapeutic and just like definitely helps bring balance that's superb. Um, I, I can't thank you enough. Thank, thanks for all of your time. I'm, I'm so grateful and uh, just huge congratulations with this EP. It's, it's fantastic. Thank you so much. And honestly, it's a pleasure talking to you. I, I, um, yeah, always. So thanks for having me. Bless you. I, well, I look forward to meeting you in, in, in person once, once this is all over. Absolutely. Bless you. Thank you so much. That was wonderful. Thank you, man. Thank Take you, care. Man. Take thanks it easy. Again. Best bye, of the thank bye. you, thank thank you. you man. You too. Bye, bye. Thank you. Huge thanks to uh, to lovely Rhodes. What a great guy, eh? What a lovely bloke. Once interviewed the uh, the Goss brothers, aka Bros. I remember Luke saying about uh, how grateful he was that I'd shown him my energy. Right now, some of you will be like, "Come on," uh, but I, I totally. I, 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 <laughs> I was talking about Bros, but I knew exactly what he meant, and I felt the same sort of. I felt the same way about about Rhodes. It was it was lovely to chat with someone who was putting it all out there. Really, really likable. Um, as I say, I've hyperlinked. Uh, I've hyperlinked some of Rhodes' stuff there. Truly superb, and uh, as I say, really lovely to. And a real reminder that I need to. Li- <laughs> I don't like you. I just need to listen to more different stuff. Um, if you've enjoyed the episode, please do as a solid. Spread the word. Tell your friends. We are across the socials at Balance LDN. Our website is uh, balance.media. I am at James Gill Comedy across all, all the socials. Huge thanks as always. Uh, we will see you next week. I'll be back from a holiday by then. Sincerely, very grateful. Means a lot. I hope you're well. Take care. Bye-bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.